I think most of us Christians have lost the meaning of the word believe. And as a result, that has huge downstream consequences for our culture. So we're going to talk about that, the correct biblical definition of the word believe, and how we can kind of correct this in our local environment, but also our culture as a whole. So let's get into it. Welcome back to the show. My name is Cody Lawrence, and this is Spare No Arrows. If you're a first-time listener, uh, welcome. If you have listened for a while, consider uh, heading over to Patreon and subscribing for, you know, as much as you want a month uh, just to support the show and help me keep it going. If you think what I'm doing is valuable. And if you decide not to subscribe, at the very least, could you consider sharing one of my shows, one of your favorite shows of mine, with somebody else who you think needs to hear it um, or just who would think it was cool? <laughs> All right, so belief. Um, last week, I went to a funeral and it was a, a really good friend of my wife's and a pretty good friend of mine. She very suddenly passed away. Uh, it was really unexpected and it was sad. And, uh, there, uh, it's been a long time since I went to a funeral and there is a really good Vodie Bauckham sermon or clip that you can look up about, uh, biblical funerals, like what a funeral should look like. And Vodibachum argues that a funeral should point people to Jesus. It should be Christ-focused. It should not be focused on the person. He says the majority of funerals are really narcissistic and are focusing on honoring the person instead of uh, honoring Christ as the person who has saved uh, the, the person, hopefully, who has passed away. And in the case of this funeral that I attended last week, uh, she was certainly a believer. She was a wonderful lady. She cared so much about being faithful to Jesus, reading her Bible, um, you know, all that stuff. So she was, she is safe and secure in heaven right now. I am confident. Uh, but the funeral was still pretty focused on her. Uh, and I don't know that she would have wanted it that way. <laughs> um, but that just made me think something I noticed at the funeral. Oh, and by the way, at the very end of the funeral, there was, um, there was a really beautiful gospel presentation by her pastor who drove in from out of state. Uh, and I think he did a good job. He didn't mention repentance, which would be the only critique that I had of the gospel presentation, but he did mention the severity of sin at the very least and how the gospel, uh, and Jesus's life, death and resurrection does save us from our sin. Uh, so, you know, it, it wasn't exactly how I would have done it, but uh, I think he faithfully communicated the gospel and that's, you know, as good as I can ask for, but it kind of felt tacked on at the end, this gospel presentation and the whole rest of the funeral was about people kind of sharing their memories, which probably is how most funerals go in, uh, in America these days. But like I said, I haven't gone to too many funerals, so I, I just assume it's like this, but, um, yeah, the, the gospel presentation kind of felt tacked on and and it the whole funeral was very focused on sharing memories. Even people who were definitely not believers uh, were able to share, you know, stuff about her and even get behind the pulpit and share stuff. So that was that was interesting. <laughs> um, but that made me think of something that not only I experienced at this funeral, but that I've experienced at other churches also. And I think there was a general atmosphere in a lot of the, the things that was said um, uh, 
prior to the gospel presentation at the end. So like I said, the gospel presentation at the end was good. But there's this idea, I think, that we can have a temptation to do as Christians where we just operate under the assumption that everybody is saved. That like, um, even if we don't know if they're even a Christian or not, we just assume they're saved. Like, there are churches who I'm confident, I've even attended these churches, that are full of unsaved people. And the church, and maybe this is the reason why the church is full of unsaved people, <laughs> because the church actually assumes that everybody in the congregation is saved. The songs that they sing and the the sermons that they preach and the way that they speak is like, instead of saying Jesus can save you, if you, you know, X, Y, Z, uh, they speak in a way that's like Jesus has saved us. And I know why they do that. I think, you know, the pastor or the leadership, whoever's in charge, wants to communicate in such a way to instill confidence in the believer that they are saved. And I think that's important. Like as believers, I think we for sure need to be completely confident of our salvation, except if you're in some kind of environment like a funeral where non-believers attend or even like a, you know, a seeker friendly quote unquote church uh, where you are confident that your audience is full of audience, your congregation, you know, if you can call it that at, at a seeker friendly churches is <laughs> um, full of unsaved people. I think we ought to consider kind of changing our language. We ought to stop assuming that people are saved and Another layer on top of this is what I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, which is the word belief. Um, I I stumbled upon a verse that I had never really thought of uh, a week or two ago that I wanted to talk about. So we know we have to believe in Jesus to be saved. But how many people do you think maybe grew up Christian in America and you're confident that they're very likely not saved? But they would say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. How many people can you imagine like that? Because to me, it seems like that's probably the majority of people who call themselves Christians in America. Uh, You know, there's definitely a lot of saved people, of course. But I think a ton of people who call themselves Christians, call themselves Christians just on the basis that they're like, yeah, I believe Jesus existed yeah, I try to be a good person, and so I guess I'm going to go to heaven. And I think part of the reason that that happens is because we've had such a shoddy uh, theology being taught by the vast majority of churches in America for the past, say, 100 years, and I'm not even exaggerating about that that number. Uh, But I think it's also due to a lot of the... So it's like... It's the fault of the church, 100%, that a person goes to if they don't hear the gospel clearly. Like uh, a couple episodes ago when I was talking about my evangelistic encounter with some Jehovah's Witnesses, how she said that she grew up in the in a, a Methodist church that never mentioned the Trinity, ever. Like that's that church's fault. But also, I think, in the, uh, in the situation where like we were surrounded by non-believers who think they believe, who maybe don't know the definition of the word believe. I think it's it's also our responsibility to try to correct them in that. Like to say like, uh, or to, you know, ideally to get them to believe, but maybe on the other hand to say like, well, no, look, just if you, if you, 
if you're not a Christian, quit pretending. Just you don't actually believe in Jesus because you're not living out that belief. So here's what belief actually means. Belief is supposed to be something that comes out of our fingertips. Belief is supposed to be something that impacts our entire life. Belief is not something that, as our culture thinks it is, is compartmentalized into, say, our emotions or our hearts. Belief is something that encompasses everything. It affects our thoughts. It affects our actions. It affects uh, everything. And I think that's what the Bible means by belief. Uh, most Christians, I would say, know the verse uh, John 3.16. But um, I think maybe not a lot of people know this next verse that I'm going to talk about. So we all know John 3.16. Just a few verses past John 3.16 is John 3.36. And John 3.36 says this, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. And the way this verse is structured, and you can feel free to read the surrounding verses as well, but the way this verse is structured is a parallelism. You'll see this happen all the time where like two ideas are kind of repeated. And in this passage, it seems like this is the same idea that's being repeated, but like flipped. You know, like if you do this, this happens. If you don't do this, something else happens. Except there's something really unique about this verse in particular, where the thing that's being talked about, two different words are being used. Now, we might think, modern readers looking back on this verse, that these are uh, two totally different words, and so therefore there's no parallelism. But I want to argue that there is a parallelism anyway, because the words belief and obey actually in this case, I think means the same thing. So let me read the verse again for you. John 3.36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. And we would expect it to say, Whoever does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Because the first part of the verse just said, Whoever believes has eternal life. And so the logical conclusion is, Therefore, whoever does not believe does not have eternal life. But... That does not what it that is not what it says. What it says is whoever believes has eternal life, but whoever does not obey shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. It almost seems like this obeying um, is being put in total total parallel to the word believe, right? And I think that's accurate. I think as a culture today, we have lost the meaning of the word believe. We have lost this idea that belief needs to come out of our fingertips. We have lost the belief that belief <laughs> uh, actually affects everything, every part of us. And I think due to a lot of you know bad preaching over the course of uh, the last century or so in America, and, and, you know, beyond that even, and also due to Christianity, something uh, becoming something very emotionalistic and personalized and consumeristic also for that matter, uh, we have turned belief into something very narrow when it's actually supposed to be something very broad. And so what we need to be encouraging the people around us to understand is belief in Jesus does not mean probably what you think it means. Belief in Jesus does not mean 
you merely believe that he existed. You merely believe that Jesus died and even rose from the dead. Because in James, James says, look, even the demons believe that. And they shudder. Now that's interesting because, you know, one way to read that verse in James is that demons, they believe that and they have a response to it. Like the demons respond in a way and it's fear, it's terror. <laughs> you know, the, the demons hate Jesus. They're in rebellion against Jesus. And what do we do often when we hear uh, that, you know, Jesus died and came back to life to save us from our sins? What we do is often nothing. People, we don't respond at all. We don't respond in, uh, I mean, ultimately, I think it is a, a kind of hatred that we respond with whenever we ignore the gospel completely. It's all rebellion. But in a way, like, demons have their heads wrapped around Jesus a lot better than most people who call themselves Christians do. Because these Christians, they don't respond at all to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, I think that's what our job is. I think when we hold something like a funeral, it ought to be Christ-focused. Whenever we have a church service, obviously, it ought to be Christ-focused. And whenever we are proclaiming the gospel, whenever we're sharing the gospel, uh, and we have to at things like this, we absolutely have to. In my church, the gospel is shared like multiple times a service through the songs that we sing, through a call to confession, uh, often through the sermon itself. And so the gospel's proclaimed, we hear the word repentance multiple times every week. <laughs> and so I think it's it's exceptionally important to be able to uh, teach in our churches, in our funerals, in all of our religious events, and even among our friends. Like if you have a friend who's maybe quote unquote believing in Jesus, but they don't really believe, they're not really acting it out, they're not really bearing fruits, that it's your job to uh, you know, not like start a fight with them, but to uh, maybe have a conversation with them sometime and be like, Hey, what do you, what do you think believing in Jesus means? Or how do you live out your belief in Jesus? Uh, something like that. Something to think about. Hopefully this was a short episode. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, gave you something to think about and I will catch you next time. God bless. God bless.